0: Let's do it. Ready? Yeah. Let her do her she little piano thing. It. Let her do the piano
1: yeah, thing. Yeah, she didn't play the no music. Good morning, everybody Good morning. glad to see y'all smiling faces um last week on Thursday we had uh, Veterans Day um, all our veterans if y'all would stand please any veterans here today About three or four Is that it okay all right thank y'all All right, in the sporting world, college football, Georgia won again. Georgia Tech, they fought a hard fight, Um, did not come out on the winning end. But on a good note, Georgia Southern finally won again. Uh, So that's sporting news. All right, um, next Sunday is our soup supper. It'll be at 5.30. Uh, Information's in your bulletins. Um, please bring your best and favorite soup because I'm going to eat it. Um, after soup supper, we'll be need helping getting decorations down from the attic so we could uh, do our hanging of the greens later on. <clears throat> and did you already pass out the? Okay, um, we need help leading children's church. It's going around. All right, um, and if we have any visitors, um, we have connection cards in the uh, back of the pew in front of you, um, we'd like to welcome you as our first time guest and uh, love for y'all to come back. <clears throat> our reading today is from 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Praise to God of all comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in your patient endurance for the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. This is the word of God for the people of God.
2: you'll pray with me. Good morning, God. We welcome you into this holy place. We ask that you fill our hearts with your spirit. Open our hearts and minds and eyes that we may see and hear your glorious words this day. Give us grace, give us peace, and give us a great day to serve and praise you in this holy place. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, if you'll stand and join me in our opening hymn, O oh, Worship the King.
0: Please remain standing as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, found on page 881 in the United Methodist Seminole, or with the words up here on the screen. Alpha United Methodist, this is what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. It's been a wonderful week of celebrations. Uh, Marvel, I know we've already celebrated your birthday, but just as a reminder, celebrated her birthday this week, and we all were able to get together at Janice's house for a wonderful night of celebration. And I have to say that, unfortunately, um, we had to leave about the time they said that the Low Country Ball was ready. Isabel got cold and said, Daddy, it's time to go home. So when she says, that, it's time to go home. So... Janice was so kind yesterday that she came by the house and brought about two pounds of shrimp over so that me and Nisa could partake of the low country boil as well. So celebrate Marjol's birthday, the celebration we had, and Janice thinking about us and honoring us with those wonderful shrimp. Are there any other praises or prayer concerns to be lifted up this morning? Linda? James Brown. Can you get me a contact number for him today? Isabel? Marjorie, you her sweet butterfly. She loves you so much. <laughs> and we have a request for unspoken prayers. Anyone else this morning? Marjorie? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is not off by any means. Anyone else this morning? If not, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to gather in your house, to be amongst friends and family, Father God, during times of celebration and during times of loss. Father, we ask special blessings today for, for James Brown as he struggles with, with his illness. And we want to celebrate, Father God, that his his attitude toward life and his willingness to smile during adversity. So we thank you for his presence in our life. And Father, we just ask that you bring healing upon his entire household. And Father, we ask that you be with Katie this day as she suffers the loss of, of her fur baby. Father God, we know that you created not just man, but but m- mammal too. And Father, those animals that, that you bring into our life, we, we cherish and they take a special place in our hearts. So we ask that you bring healing and understanding to her heart and let her know that you're with her now and always. And Father, we ask that, that you search our hearts and minds and know those things that are Left unspoken, Father God, things that are too intimate or, or, or too personal to be spoken here in the in the public area. But Father, know our cares and our concerns and reach out to those people that are in need of healing or in need of just knowing that a friend is there. Send your spirit to be that person, to be that the one who can. Help them find resolve. And Father, we ask that you be with our military and our first responders today as they go out and perform the task that you have called them to do. As they go out, prepare for them a safe journey. And as they come home, let them celebrate the time they have with their families. Father, these are the things that we lift up to you in Christ's holy name. Amen.
2: If you'll join me again in standing and singing our preparation hymn, He leadeth me. Page 128 are on the screen.
0: May be seated. Would the yesers come forward, please? As we go to honor God with our tithes and offerings, let us pray as Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. see it so we we didn't want to do that but i I think sometimes that god helps me and you know what there are times in our life when we do things all by ourselves is there not we color by ourselves sometimes we draw pictures but sometimes we have to ask for help don't we and god is one of those who wants to be help he wants when we ask father can you help me he might help you you know directly himself or he might send your mom or your dad or a brother and sister or somebody else to help you. But no matter what kind of help we get, that help always comes from God. So as you grow older and you start living life a little more, always know you're never alone and God is always there to help you. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. Father God, we thank you again for the children that you've put here before us. And, and Father, we just ask that you be with them as they grow and as they walk with you and talk with you and Father, we ask that that you help them along the way and as you help them, let your presence be known and give them the courage to be able to ask for help when when they are in need. These are the things that we ask of you in Christ's holy name. Amen. All right. Thank you for coming down and I hope your dog continues to sleep with you. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I'm not sure where she's going, but. So the holidays are coming up, and one of the things about holidays is there's a lot of visiting. We go visit family and friends and uh, spend a lot of time away from home. And this is going to sound horrible, but it's just true. The best thing about visiting is knowing that I get to go back home at some point in time, that I don't stay there the whole time that I am uh, there. I enjoy the time that I have, learn something, experience something, and then go back to life as usual. And I say that because the passage of Scripture that we're going to start off with today is a visit to some of the topics that we've spoken in the past. However, we're not going to stay there. We're just going to visit it for a minute and then move on. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 4. And is written. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, as we come before you today during this portion of the worship service, I ask that you be with me, uh, give me guidance and direction and the words to speak, and help us to bring hope and inspiration to all aspects of our life through the word that is given today. Father, I ask that you empty me of any desire to speak my own will, to fill me with your spirit, and let every word that comes from my mouth proceed from your throne. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I do not like visiting things in the past and i know most people don't if you're like me you like to do something get it done put it behind you and move on i've always been like that and as i get older i find out that i like doing that more often there was a time that i could watch a movie if i told you how many times i've watched star wars you would be amazed and you would probably say why have you wasted so much of your life watching a movie because I've watched it that many times but I can't do that now that I've got older I tend to watch something and move on with my life and sometimes I don't even like to go back and re-watch it some other time down the down the road I want it to be just that experienced and moved on and I think that's how we are with our lives sometimes, that, that when God has us on a path, on a journey, that, that we, we have in our mind, in our heart, a vision of what we want to see completed. We can't wait to get there. And sometimes going back seems like a couple of steps back and we're, while you're still taking one step forward. However, sometimes just going back to visit just serves as a reminder As we move forward. And that's what I was looking at with these passages of scripture when I pulled them out this week. Thinking about the history of Israel and what had been going on in their lives. Again, they are still in exile. We've talked about them being in exile at this time. And God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And he says to them that when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And that's something that he's talking about future tense. It's something that they haven't encountered yet. But at the same time, he plays on their history to act as a reminder. When you pass through the waters, remember the fear that that they encountered, that they experienced when Pharaoh and his army was chasing them as they were trying to flee Egypt. And And they came to the great and mighty sea and they had nowhere else to run. They were in danger and there was no way to get away from it but God parted the waters for them to pass, and they were not harmed. And even the rivers, after their their time in the wilderness, after their 40 years of, of discipline, when God is ready to send them to the promised land, they still now have a river to cross, another part of their history. As they look to the Jordan River in its flooded stage of the season. And as God parts those waters as well for them to pass into the promise that he had for them. And the next one kind of takes us back to our Sunday school days. That when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. Now what he's talking about here are trials and tribulations. how, How that if we walk with God And we encounter these things that that apply a lot of pressure to us that if we walk instead of run, that the things in our lives that we don't need can be burned away. And yet we come through the fire unsinged. Historically, if we, we thought about our Sunday school days, we could think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if we remember those. Um, Three guys that were um, in exile and King Nebuchadnezzar put out a decree that, hey, you're not going to worship your God. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, yeah, we are going to worship our God. They took a stand on what they believed. They weren't letting anyone push them around and tell them what they could and could not do. They knew who their God was, and they were going to worship. Like Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But because of their choice, they were told they had to be punished, and that punishment was to be cast in a fiery pit. Now, this pit or this den room however you want to describe it was so hot because Nebuchadnezzar told the the guards to to turn the heat up that it was so hot that, that as some of the guards approached they died because of the amount of heat that was coming out and yet these three guys because of their faith and because they refused to fold to men and give up their vision and their love for God went into this fiery furnace and Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he said did we not send three in there? Then why do I see four? Then he said, one looked like the son of God. And they came out of that fire unharmed. And those are some of the things that we need to remember about God and his relationship with us, and, and how many times he has provided before we move forward, before Israel can move forward. You know, up to this point, I've done a lot of talking about how we as a people should respond to God, that, that when we're in the wilderness, that God wants us to do certain things, that he wants us to worship him and him alone. That's an act that we perform toward God. And that when we're there, that he has an expectation that we're going to live in a certain manner. Again, something that we do toward God and towards other people. And sometimes when we talk about all the things that we are supposed to do, we kind of lose sight of the fact that we are not alone. You See, it's not God over here and us over there and we're just sides. Us and God communicating and working with one another. Which brings us to the point for today that even though the other passages of scriptures that we've looked at and the words that that we've spoken may not have said it, it has been indicated that no matter where we go in life, we never go alone, and we don't just have someone walking with us, but we have someone holding our hands. Isaiah 41, verses 3 through 8 says that, But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners. I called you. I said, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. And do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love that passage of Scripture because it doesn't just say what I have to do in order to be pleasing to God. It doesn't just say what I have to do to carry out that relationship, but it talks greatly about God's responsibility toward us as his children, that he is a God who wants to communicate with us, that wants to talk to us, that understands us, and he has a plan, and he's not going to let us fall, and when we feel weak, he will strengthen us. Uh, And he starts that out with the the first verse in chapter, or the first verse I read being verse 8, But Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, You descendants of Abraham, my friend. A lot of people, if you don't really pay attention to Israel's history and what's going on there, you kind of miss out the whole thing. You start wondering, why is he calling a nation Israel and Jacob? And and why is he referencing Abraham and all the descendants? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But when we look at it in context of relationship and what God wants to do in our lives and what he has done in Israel's life is this. He starts off by addressing them as who they are then. They are Israel. They are a nation that has been created. They are a people that God brought together from all corners of the world. But he points out that that they didn't just start that way. And he does that by saying, my servant Jacob. We touched on Jacob a little bit Wednesday night. That, that Jacob was this rebellious child. He was, wanted his own inheritance. He couldn't get it because of where he was born in the family. His brother Esau, his twin, was the first to arrive into this world. And that made him heir to his father's kingdom. So Jacob took it upon himself to, to con his way through life to take from his brother all the things that were due to him because that's what he wanted out of life. Jacob was was not necessarily the most uprighteous person in the world, but, but God expressed his love for humanity to Jacob in this, that even though he was a sinner, he was still loved by God. And served a purpose in God's plan. And I think that that's where we, we might want to beat ourselves up sometimes. That, that if we look at ourselves, sometimes we might say that, that I'm not worthy of the blessings that God has for me. And we might look at one another and say, you know what? Other people have more or have better than I do because maybe I'm not good enough. And that is not the case, not now and not even in the past. Jacob was a sinner And that's all there was to it. But yet God redeemed him and redeemed his name when he entered into the relationship with him. Changed his purpose and meaning in life and even changed his name from Jacob to Israel indicating a new beginning in life. A beginning. Walking with God. And Jacob was never alone during those dark days of his life. God was always right there with him, protecting him from certain harms, just like he does with you and I. Even when we don't listen to what the Father is saying, his hand of protection is always with us. But sometimes, for some people like myself, it takes a mighty act of God to get me to stop being the person that I wanted to be and be the person that God called me to be. Sometimes it takes a mighty act of God to stop me from seeking the life that I want in order to hear the plans that God wants for my life. Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And that angel wrestled reached out and touched Jacob's hip and dislocated it. And it was at that point that Jacob realized, I'm nothing more than a mere man. And there is one in this universe who is more powerful than I. And it is time that I start listening to him. And if you're like me or many others, You've had a similar experience in life where you've encountered God in some form or fashion. Yours may not have been as dramatic as Jacob's or mine or someone else's. Your transitional experience may have been nothing more than the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, saying, dear child, it is time to come home. And what happens with us sometimes is what we experience in any part of our life. When we look to our future, we tend to fear. We tend to look toward the future sometimes and not understand that, that there is a God in heaven who has a plan. He has a purpose. And there is a path that we are on that leads to victory, not only in this life, but in eternity to come. And there is no reason for us to fear what tomorrow brings do we understand it took me forever to understand this that that i am never fearful about the moment that i'm in i am not scared for my life today or what's going to happen to it i enjoy what i'm doing this moment in time fear always has to do with a future event sometimes that event is just a few minutes away i'm scared what's going to happen when i step down these steps am i going to fall and trip or I'm scared that, that when I get home, that my home may not be there. Or I'm scared that when it comes time to retire, that, that there not, might not be a retirement. Those are some of the things that, that we as a people consider in our lives. We don't live and walk in the victory like God calls us to. He tells us, do not be afraid, for I am with you. And if God be for us, my friends, who can be against us? You see, it may not happen the way we want it to happen. And the vision fulfilled may not look like it looked in our hearts and our minds. But God is always working toward our best. And alone we never are. I can remember as a kid, I sat up one night and I had a little black-and-white TV in my bedroom, and there was a a horror movie that came on. Friday night was the the night for horror movies late night, and I was told, you know, don't sit up and watch these movies, Tommy. You're you're not going to be able to sleep. You're going to be scared. And and this one particular movie came on. It was called Phantasm, and and I had to sit up and watch it, and I became so fearful halfway through that movie that I didn't know, know what to do. I will tell you what I did do. My initial response was to take care of myself, so I got my shotgun down and I put it in the bed with me, I kid you not. And when I found that that did not bring comfort to me, I had to go wake my parents and explain to them why I was fearful. And it was nothing they gave me that brought comfort. And it was nothing they said that brought peace. But when my father took my hand and held it, there was a a sense of security that, that no one could break, that nothing could take away from me. And when I think about that experience with my earthly father, I think also to my heavenly father, all the times that I have faced tribulation and anxieties and fear in my life when all I had to do and what I did do was say, let me lean on the Father and I took his hand and walked down that path with him. Now that doesn't mean that fear disappears. Fear is part of life. But it tells us uh, exactly here, do not fear. It doesn't say that we will not fear. It's giving us a command, don't do it. Put your trust in God, for he is with you everywhere you go. And he goes on to say to do not be be dismayed. And that's one of those words that I had to look up because I want to make sure I had the correct meaning for it. And dismayed is is one of those words that, that sounds like it's something that's going to happen inside of me. And when I looked it up, that's exactly what it was saying. It was a little different from fear in that not only... Is fear present when a person is dismayed, but they feel discouraged? And, and that's what God is saying here to Israel and to us today that when you're walking with me, you have nothing to fear. I've got your back, you're going to be taken care of. Might not be the way you want it, might, might not be the way that you think it's going to look, but I'm going to be there and I'm going to do what is good for you in His time. Fear will keep us from doing that and being dismayed or discouraged is the one thing that we don't want to take root in our lives because when we get discouraged, we give up on our mission and that is not what God called us to to do. He did not call us to quit. There is a time, Brian and I were talking about this morning, when you give up on hope on something because it's just not going to happen, the reality of what direction life is taking is... But just because you give up on a path doesn't mean you give up on your vision. It means you find a different path to fulfill that vision. Don't be discouraged. Discouragement will cause you to sit down and do nothing when we should be on our knees praying and finding the other path. God has encouraged. He inspires. And he walks with with your hand in his and when we feel weak he tells us don't worry about it because i'm going to strengthen you we cannot depend on our own strength and the other thing that we cannot depend on is how we feel when we encounter these things you see feeling weak is just that it is a feeling feeling discouraged is just that it is a feeling But we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to to not respond to feelings negatively but to rise up in the power of God and continue walking forward. If you ever go to the gym and work out, I do not work out a lot. It's pretty obvious to see, but but I do like to run. And I haven't run in a few weeks because of the weather and some other things. And I went back out this Monday to run, and I found out that I could not run this past Monday like I have in the past. My legs were weaker. They didn't have the strength they once had. I had to build that strength back up. But because there was a sense of weakness didn't mean that I was incapable of functioning. But when I exercise those muscles, that strength returns. And, and that's how we find strength in God as we exercise our faith. We don't just stand around and say that, that I have faith. James says that faith has to be put to work, or it's, it's useless. It serves no purpose. But unfortunately, because of prosperity preachers in our time, when, when we hear putting faith to work, what we hear so much in our life is this, that if you believe hard enough, God will give you exactly what you want, that if you don't doubt, God will give you exactly what you want, and none of that, my friends, is scriptural Not one bit of it. When we say that we exercise our faith, what we say is, one, we put the word of God first in our lives, that that we look within ourselves and we're honest with ourselves about who we are and how we respond to life, and we have to ask, do we respond in a godly manner? And I am here to tell you that I do not always do that, and some of you have witnessed to that. I am a baby in Christ. And all babies have to grow. But when we learn to do what's right in the eyes of God, even when we don't feel like it, we are exercising our faith, meaning we're making it stronger, And when God strengthens us, it helps us to grow into mature Christians. And it helps us to live a life with less fear and less dismay. If I tell you today that I'm going to bring water to your house, Colleen, every day at 3 o'clock, so that you can have drink. And every day for a week, I show up at your house with water to drink at 3 o'clock. The next day, you're going to finally just assume that I'm going to be there at 3 o'clock with water. So when God tells us that, that I'm present in your life, that, that I'm going to strengthen you, and I'm going to help you, and we believe that and act on that, then we become confident in the facts of God. That the more he shows up in our life, the more confident we are in his ability and his willingness to act on our behalf. He's with us now and always. He has our best interest in mind, though we may not always see it. And he holds our hands each and every day. There's not a lot that I can really say. But the psalmist said it like this. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, indeed. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I can't add words to that. I think David said it best for us there. When I look to the mountain in front of me and how big the challenge is, I don't have to look at it and say, I can't do it because my help comes from the Lord. And if he can make the mountains, then surely he can help me climb the mountains. And if I can trust him in my walk and hold on to his hand, then I don't have to worry about my foot slipping off the path, except for my own accord. And that I may respond negatively to fear, or that I may take my eyes off God. But as long as I am responding the way that God would have me to respond, and as long as I keep my eyes on the cross at Calvary, then I can trust that my foot will not slip because my Father who watches over me does not sleep, and he has my best interest at heart. So do you have something in your life that God is dealing with you? where he's simply saying, sweet child, don't fear. I've got it under control. Don't be discouraged because of the way a circumstance looks because I know what it looks like on the other side of that circumstance. Trust in me. Lean not onto your own understanding." And I will give you the desire of your heart. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you and thank you for the time that you've given us today. And Father, thank you for the words that you've given. And as we go out into today, looking into tomorrow, help us not to experience fear. But if we do experience fear, give us the courage and the power to deal with that fear accordingly. And help to keep our hearts strong and focused on whatever mission and purpose it is that you have called us to. Give us strength and hope in all things. Christ's name we pray. Amen.
2: Greatest thy Stand up. Stand up and join us in greatest thy faithfulness. we Amen.
0: Get my phone right.
2: I was sure by now, God, you would have reached out and wiped our tears away, stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen, and it's still raining, but as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain, I am with you, and as your mercy falls, I raise my hand and praise the God who gives.